Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode, we are going to be previewing Kentucky's matchup with the Florida Gators Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the Florida offense, the Florida defense, and then we're going to give some overall thoughts and a final score prediction to wrap things up. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody that we are free and available on all platforms. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Florida offense trying to evolve right now. So I'll go ahead and start before we get to some of the statistics here. Watched a little bit of Florida film. And stylistically, Mike White uh, has he he's gotten his fair share of complaints from fans and outsiders over the past few years with his offense about how while it has remained relatively efficient, it's slow paced, it's boring. There's not a whole lot going on, and fans were were craving something more entertaining. So stylistically, Mike White used to run a variation of the Princeton offense, and now this season. He's transitioned. He's finally gotten with the times. Uh, he has been running four out, one in, and five out offense uh, this season with Florida. We saw five out as if just talking about Kentucky. Kentucky saw five out with Alabama. So if you're looking to get a comparison, uh, Alabama would be a pretty decent comparison. I would say that the differences between Alabama and Florida is that Florida doesn't necessarily have the personnel to knock down as many shots as Alabama does, and they don't take as many shots as Alabama. In fact, they only put up 56 a game, which is 11th in the SEC. Uh, They're 248th nationally in adjusted tempo. So they're unlike Alabama in the fact that they are very slow paced. In fact, uh, their adjusted tempo is last in the SEC. They're only scoring about 71 per contest. And it's interesting because I think the goal is to be a more entertaining offense while also being a good offense, right? But uh, when you go and look at the efficiency numbers on Kimpom, Florida has slowly dropped over the past three or four seasons. And so I just think that while, you know, five out and four out one in has been working for, for uh, a little bit for the Gators this season, it's not as, as efficient as what we've seen uh, from Mike White teams uh, in years past. Uh, against Georgia, uh, Florida set up the five out early, and then they worked Colin Castleton or Anthony Derugi into the post. To define real quick for you here, what five out means is that all five of your players are starting out on the perimeter. And in this offense, there are five spots that must always be filled. The only exception to a spot not being filled is if a player is performing an action such as screening or cutting. I think you're going to see more often than not in this game, though. I think you're going to see Florida, instead of trying to work five out, then working to four out, one in. I think you're going to see Florida probably start with four out, one in, and then switch to three out, two in if Kentucky have ever at any point switches to zone in this game. Of course, I, I will I will say I don't see Kentucky really getting out of man-to-man much, if at all, in this game. I think the Wildcats probably favor their matchups defensively in a lot of different areas, and Coach Cal doesn't like zone. Uh, I don't know if the three-point line is going to be a factor for this Florida team. Uh, They put up quite a bit of threes per game. 26 is second in the SEC. They put up 35 in their game against Georgia, made 12 of them. Uh, Offensively had a pretty efficient night against the Bulldogs. Their last outing 
uh, but again, I don't expect Florida to be as aggressive as we saw them in their most recent game against Georgia. I think they are going to have a little bit of a slower pace. I don't think they're going to try and play with Kentucky and play with their transition game. I think they're going to try and contrast the Wildcats a little bit. Uh, I will say, though, talking about, you know, Florida getting out and running and shooting threes, which is what they did against Georgia, which is against what they do stylistically. I'll say this, Colin Castleton, their post player, uh, he does a fantastic job of knowing what to do in the post, whether whether it be going up his on his own for a shot or whether it be kicking the ball out for a three. He's third on the team in the assist per game, so you will probably see some kickouts in this game. But again, it's like Alabama, but slower paced, much slower paced, in fact. Uh, some numbers here, 12.9 assists per game is 11th in the SEC. Uh, they shoot 42.8% from the field, which is 12th in the SEC. Again, going back to what I was saying earlier, this team tries to play a modern offense, but they don't have the personnel to do so, which is why I labeled them as trying to evolve. I think this floor offense is trying to get with the times, and eventually I think you will see Mike White start to tailor his recruiting classes to this new style of offense, but right now they're in a little bit of a transition phase. They get to the line quite a bit and they actually knock down a pretty good percentage of their free throws, shoot about 72.5% from the foul line. That's pretty good. Uh, their three-point shooting is not very good, even though they do put up quite a bit of threes. And probably the most important statistic here, and I, I don't want to get too repetitive with stats, but that's why I really tried to dive into the film for this episode. Florida has a very hard time grabbing, grabbing defensive rebounds. They don't send a lot of players to the glass, and Colin Castleton is probably the only guy that's going to be getting a large amount of rebounds outside of maybe Anthony DeRuji whenever he's in the game. Um, but Florida only gets 23 defensive rebounds per game, which works in Kentucky Kentucky's favor because Kentucky's first in the SEC overall in rebounds per game, and then they're first in the SEC in defensive rebounds. So I think that Florida offensively, is going to try and do some new things that they have not done in the past, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to match up well with Kentucky. Again, whenever you're trying to evolve, whenever you're trying to transition your offense with personnel that doesn't necessarily have the ability to execute it at an extremely high level, whenever you go up against teams like Kentucky who are well-rounded, who are sound defensively, I don't know if that correlates to... A success. I don't think that correlates to 75 points per game. I think you're probably going to struggle if you're playing against a team that really knows what they're doing. In Florida's case in this game, I think it's just simply a bad matchup. They don't shoot well from three. They take a lot of them. That may kill them in this game if they do elect to ramp up the pace. Again, it's not something that I feel like this team is incredibly accustomed to. Only what 24 games into this season with some of the players. They've got some veteran kids. It's just I don't necessarily know if Florida is going to be able to make Kentucky uncomfortable with offense in this game. I think they will with defense a little bit, um, but overall I don't necessarily know if offense is going to be the thing that wins uh, Florida this game. Three key contributors here uh, for the Gators. Colin Castleton, like I mentioned him er uh, earlier, he's a high IQ post player, 15.4 points per game, 8.9 rebounds per game, has great post move moves. Uh, he also, though, I will say while he is – High IQ, uh, other teams put a lot of pressure on him. Averages two and a half turnovers per game, which is not great. In fact, it's second on the team. 
uh, in terms of most turnovers per game. So I think that's something to watch out for there. How Oscar Shibway handles Colin Castleton in the post. We'll get to that later on in the show. Tyree Appleby, 10.8 points per game, 2.2 rebounds per game, and four assists per game. Four assists per game leads the uh, the team. He's a good distributor, and he's also got a little bit of range. He knocked down that buzzer-beating three against Ohio State earlier on this year. He's a little bit of a playmaker, does a little bit of everything for the Gators. He's also a decent on-the-ball defender, noted that uh, in the game against Georgia. Final key contributor here, uh, Myrian Jones, averaging nine and a half points per game, three rebounds per game. The reason I put Jones in here over a couple of other players, he's a veteran guard, first of all. His senior guy. He's been playing very well recently. Over the past four games, he's been averaging 14.3 points per game, and he scored 23 in the most recent outing. Now, normally, whenever you see kids like this that are averaging about nine and a half points or something somewhere around there, and they have a fantastic outing, at least from what I've seen, they have a dip in the very next game, which is what was my that was my concern with Keon Brooks whenever he scored 27 against Kansas. I'm like, oh, he's going to regress to the mean. I think that it will still be, though. I think it's going to be something to watch out for on kickout specifically. I think, I think Myrian Jones is probably going to put up some threes in this game. Whether or not they go down uh, is simply the question. We're going to talk about the defense here for Florida, which is, has been their staple. It's been the most important thing for them. It's what's been carrying them through games this season as the offense has tried to adjust to this new style that Mike White's playing. We're going to talk about the defense and how it carries in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game here in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with uh, live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, continuing along here on the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you're watching on podcast, would really appreciate it if you left a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, it would mean the world if you subscribe. The YouTube channel is doing uh, really well right now, and I'm really excited to watch it grow uh, as we continue along here through uh, basketball season. The Florida defense is sound. I think it's a very sound unit, but recently in SEC play, it's been showing some cracks. Normally here, I give a statistic about the uh, the opponent defensively, but I've got a film note because I did watch some film on this Florida team and a little bit of Mike White's philosophy. From what I could tell, during the Georgia game, Florida almost the entire time stayed in a 2-1-2 matchup zone uh, against, against the Bulldogs. And it really, for the most part, worked up until the last, I would say, five or six minutes of the game. And Florida started to fall asleep after they built a lead. I don't think Florida is going to be afforded the ability to fall asleep defensively in this game. So I think this uh, 2-1-2 matchup zone is something that we could potentially see. Or just a matchup zone period, I think could be uh, something that we see in this game against Kentucky. But they fell asleep a lot. They were very susceptible at different points in the game overall to backdoor cuts. Um, And I think that's something that we could be watching out for here uh, in this game. And to, to uh, define matchup zone here for you, for anybody that doesn't know, uh, matchup zone is a combination defense which combines elements of man to man and uh, man to man defense on ball and then zone defense away from the ball. It's a zone defense that acts a lot like a man to man defense. 
The on-ball defender closes out and plays tight uh, in like they would in man-to-man. The zone away from the ball resembles man-to-man help side defense. And this often uh, against against uh, Georgia led to just open shooters, whether they could drive, whether they could cut. I mean, it was it was crazy how Florida did not overcommit a lot in, in the Georgia game and it just it, it just did not look like they were very cohesive in that second half. Didn't look like they were um they were doing all the right things to make sure that they stayed in their lanes and they made sure that Georgia didn't just have easy open shots. Now, do I think that this Florida team, given the fact that they only give up sixty three point nine points per game, is going to fall asleep against Kentucky? No, I think they're going to probably play as tr- as hard as they possibly can. I will say though, I noted that they're showing cracks. So they score they they give up sixty three point nine points per game overall in the season, but they're giving up 67 and a half in SEC play. And you go and look at their schedule. When they play offensively good teams, they can potentially break down. We've seen that at different times this season. They're seventh in the SEC in defense efficiency, fifth in the SEC in steal percentage, second in the SEC in block percentage, and sixth in the SEC in turnover percentage. So they're average or higher in all of the major statistical categories. The defense has stressed opponents in the past this year, but again, I go back to when you see, when you look at this team overall, they've got different talent, right? They've got, they're on a four-game winning streak. We talked about the offense and about how a team that's trying to adjust their style doesn't need to go up against one of the best teams in the country uh, because they're probably going to have a hard time doing some of the things that they need to do correctly. I think on defense, when you look at this team and they've been running this uh, this type of defense all season, and it's worked against certain opponents, I still think, look, you're going up against one of the most efficient offenses in the country. You have a very difficult time rebounding. Kentucky, on the other hand, very solid in the offensive rebounding category. I think that, again, you look defensively, it's a bad matchup. I think it's a bad matchup offensively. I think it's a bad matchup defensively. And it's no it's no knock on Mike Wyatt or his players or the Florida program. It's just Kentucky's here, right? If we're talking about just Kentucky and follow along with me, audio listeners, Kentucky's all the way up here. And then Florida, while they may be good, good is all the way down here, right? And it's just, they're simply not on the same playing field. I think the numbers reflect that. I think the film reflects that. I think the intensity on both ends of the floor reflects that. I think that Kentucky from, from top to bottom is a more complete team and is probably, um, this, this does not equate to a blowout. I'm just saying, I don't think this is going to be close. I don't think this is going to be Mississippi State taking us to overtime. I think Florida is a good team that can handle certain teams that are average to good, but whenever they face a team like Kentucky, I just don't see them having a ton of success on either end. I think specifically in this game, talking about Florida's defense, I think Kentucky's four is going to have a lot of success, and I'm talking about Keon Brooks, or I'm talking about Damian Collins if he comes in and plays the dunker spot. I think that either guy or Lance Ware is probably going to have some success in this game, slipping and cutting and catching Florida off guard at different points. Do I think it's going to happen this entire game? No, but if this game is going to be a little bit slower paced and Kentucky's not going to get out and run and transition a ton, I think they're going to find some success in the half court because I've seen teams like Georgia go out there and expose them at different points this season. All right, we're going to talk about the, uh, the just some final thoughts here. And we'll give a final score prediction. Uh, we're going to talk about just wrapping things up in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. It's this time of year here in February that I've pretty much just given up on all my New Year's resolutions. But there's one 
in particular that I'm sticking to, and it's eating right with Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a New Year's resolution because I actually enjoy the New Year's resolution. I actually enjoy eating Built Bar. They are 100, covered in 100% real chocolate, and they taste fantastic, and they've got these new things called Puffs. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallow-y, uh, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're just like uh, Built Bars. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. These things are absolutely incredible. They're going to be your favorite if you try them. Uh, and Built Bar also has a ton of different flavors to choose from as well. They've got mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel. They've got just plain old coconut. And this month, they have white chocolate cookies and cream which is absolutely fantastic. And they've got new flavors outside of that coming out all the time. And if they think a flavor is good, they'll make it. It will be delicious. And not only that, it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but Built Bar pulls it off every single time. And you can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Again, you can go to Built.com right now, and you can use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off at Built.com. All right, wrapping up the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Some final thoughts here. We're going to go over the parameters and then give a final score. And if you've got a final score and you want to leave it in the YouTube comments below, be sure to do so. Who knows? You may you may get it, hit the nail on the head, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. And if you're listening on podcast format, you can go follow us on our socials. If you want to go follow the Locked On Kentucky Twitter account, you want to share some thoughts about the game, you want to share a final score prediction, whatever's on your mind, I would love to hear it. All right, final thoughts. Will Kentucky crash the glass against a team that doesn't? Again, like I mentioned earlier, Florida averaging under 34 and a half rebounds per game. Kentucky best team in the SEC in rebounding. Very good on the offensive rebounding, crashing the glass. I think that the, I don't necessarily think it's a lack of intensity, but over the past three games, Kentucky's been out-rebounded. I think Kentucky's going to need to send more than just Oscar Shibway to the glass in this game. I think they're going to try and play very physical inside. They've got to Kentucky's got to pick up some rebounds. How does Kentucky handle Colin Castleton uh, is another question that I have. Look, Castleton has played very well this season for the Gators. Uh, the fact that we've got a post player outside of Oscar Sheepway that's averaging over 15 a game is very impressive, and it's on a team that's 16-8, and eight, um, which is, is not one of the more elite teams in the country. It's, I'm surprised that Castleton has been able to sustain success for so long. Uh, I think that putting Keon Brooks or Oscar Shibway on him is going to be fascinating to watch that defensive battle. Uh, I think that Kentucky is going to try and put a little bit of pressure on him, see if they can create some turnovers, as Castleton has been known to be turnover-prone at different points this season. Again, like I mentioned earlier, how do Kentucky's bigs play in this game? How does the four-spot play in this game? I think it plays well. If you've got a differing opinion, let me know. Over-under, we did this for last game. I want to give you another over-under here. The over-under last game was 15 rebounds for Oscar Sheepway. Over or under, I believe most people said over. It was 14 rebounds, so we were just one rebound underneath that total. At least I believe it was 14. I'd have to go check the stat sheet. Over-under here, two made field goals for Severe Wheeler. He's not made a field goal uh, in, in quite some time. In fact, he's just been relatively inefficient shooting the ball, uh, the entire season. He's been a great distributor. He's been a great defender, but he's not been good shooting the basketball over under two field goals made in this game 
for severe Wheeler. All right, four parameters here, and then we'll get out of here. Can Kentucky shoot the ball well in this game? Again, like I said earlier, while Florida's defense has been good overall, they've been showing cracks in SEC play, and when you look at the numbers and watch the film, I think it's simply a bad matchup uh, for the Florida Gators. Uh, so I think, yes, Kentucky will shoot well in this game, and I think they're going to have decent shot selection. I don't think that it's going to be quite an issue in this game for Kentucky if they're trying to push the pace and they're trying to rush shots. I don't think that's going to happen very often in this game, and I think this also goes back to what I was saying about Florida's energy on the defensive end. They're going to have to bring it in this game. They've been able to turn it on at times this season, but at the end of the day, I think Kentucky makes good decisions as they have for the most part all year. Can Kentucky play well in transition, both offensively and defensively? Kentucky uh, pushes the pace uh, quite frequently, actually, and they've really upped their transition game over the past couple of weeks, but Florida doesn't push the pace at all. So, I mean, when you look at the numbers and you look at the film, I mean, it's, it's kind of indicating that if Kentucky wants to try and make this team work, it's going to put them out of their comfort zone. And so I think there may be success found in that. So I'm going to say yes. I think Kentucky plays well in transition. And final thing here, can Kentucky protect the rim? Guarding Castleton and Anthony DeRuji is going to be very important uh, if this is going to be accomplished. Again, like I mentioned earlier, both Keon Brooks, Sheepway, Lance Ware needs to come off the bench and provide very efficient minutes as he has uh, offensively and defensively. Uh, so, so I think that I'm going to say I don't know, but I think it's going to be very important guarding Castleton and DeRuji. And I'll give you a final score here. Kentucky... Uh, I don't think has I don't think they've scored 80 in a couple of games. I'm going to say Kentucky scores 80 in this one. 80 to 68 is the final score that I have written down. Again, if you've got a final score that you want to drop in the comments below, uh, go ahead and do it. And if you're listening on podcast format, uh, if you want to shoot me uh, shoot me a message on Twitter, if you want to drop a final score, I may shout you out if you get it right on the the uh, the next episode. All right, that's going to do it. For today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, you can follow the show on Twitter, like I just mentioned, at Locked On UK. You can follow the show on Instagram, Instagram at Kentucky Podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at Lancedaw underscore. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments, leave them on the socials. I will see you all on Monday, everybody. Have a great day, and God bless. <laughs>